Welcome to Speak of the Devil. My name is Reverend Campbell, and I've got a hell of a show for you today. Now, just before I introduce the guest and, of course, the discussion topic of the show, I want to thank you guys. Thank you guys for coming in the chat room, joining us live. I really appreciate it, and I hope you guys have a lot of fun today. Uh, <laughs> Zachary, it's good to see you. Pushing wood. <laughs> good to see you. Uh, Wes and Stephanie, how you guys doing? Uh, Ringmaster, what up? And uh, hello, numbers. Aura, my dear, how you doing? Thank you so much for joining us live. Nadine, thank you so much. And uh, I think I think I got everyone. Jo Joshi, Yoshi, Sean, thank you guys for joining. If you guys have any questions or comments during the course of this conversation, go ahead and put them in the chat, and we'll try to get to them as quickly as possible. Jared, thanks for joining us, man. All right, uh, today I'm being joined by Warlock Enki. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well, thank you. Did I pronounce right. it right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I want to make sure I, I would be my, I would be the one that the only person that like mispronounces it or something, do something strange. Um, okay. So we've got some really interesting things to talk about and maybe a little bit interesting stuff to show. But before we do that, and you and I have actually, we've met in DC. Remember that? Yes, I do. That, that was, was an amazing event. <laughs> it really was a great time. But I think this is the first time you're on this show. That's correct. Yeah, this is the first time I've been on your show, which it's long overdue, I guess. Yeah, like Wait, definitely. Right <laughs> like years and years overdue. Uh, but we're here now, and I'm very excited for it. So thank you so much for uh, coming on and being willing to share what you've been working on. Uh, but before we get into that, I'd like to uh, do a little bit of service for the people watching who may not know who you are. Would you mind telling them a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so yeah, I'm Warlock Inky. I have been a member of the Church of Satan since uh, 2003. Um, before that, I was a Satanist, but I just didn't join officially until I decided to throw my lot in with the devil, as most people do. Uh, and uh, professionally, I work in virtual reality and holograms, actually. Um, and I've done that for many years now. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's Kind of the gist of it uh, on the side like hobbies and things i like to make masks some of you probably own some of my masks or have have a few of them um then there's uh yeah also the black house project that i've been doing uh, over the course as well which uh you know this is part of that as well i guess isn't it yeah i want to get into that in just a second but i want to do a little bit more background diving here because uh how did you get started into VR and hologram work? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, I started out in the game industry, uh, mostly doing like mobile like style of games. Yeah. And uh, I ended up working for uh, Microsoft, actually. And um, while I was there, I got to work on a secret project. Uh, this was back in 2014, and it was called The HoloLens. Uh, which maybe you know of or heard of at some point or not. I don't actually. What is it? Well, it's a uh, holographic display that you wear on your head. So you put it on, and during the DC event, actually, I showed this to uh, Magus Gilmore as well. I brought it uh, oh, there cool. with us. And um, what it does is it it's a mixed reality device. What that means is it takes the real world and blends it with the virtual world. Uh, and you can see through it like a pair of white goggles, uh, so to speak, and uh, it projects holograms in your actual space. So you can imagine 
if I had a coffee table in front of me, I looked down at the coffee table, I could put a hologram on that table, mm -hmm. walk away, and it persists in that position. So I can turn around, look back, and the hologram is still there. So you can imagine, uh, or d during this time when, when I was helping them with this technology, there was a lot of things going through my head that were yeah. like, wow, think of all the things you could do with this. Like, uh, yeah. Imagine, uh, for example, like uh, you um, maybe you're in an environment in which an altar isn't really uh, something you can have openly displayed. Uh, a lot of you Satanists out there probably know what I'm talking about. Uh, maybe younger ones who still live with their parents mm -hmm. uh, are not able to put those things out because they don't want anybody to know. But imagine if you had a holographic device and you put it on your head and you turn over and there's your altar holographically. Uh, and you could go up and grab a holographic athene and, you know, corners of, uh, you could go around the room and, and helling Satan and Polyphal <laughs> and Lucifer and all, uh, all holographically. And then when you're done, you put your headset down and, you know, none's the wiser. <laughs> so so it, is that any different than augmented reality? Uh, it is. So mixed reality and augment, augmented reality are a little bit different. Uh, augmented reality overlays uh, virtual content onto the scene, but is not spatially anchored to the scene. Oh. So, for example, when you're doing, playing like Pokemon Go or whatever, and you, you see like the little Pokemon on the ground, yeah, he's kind of anchored to the ground, but there's a lack of persistence. Like if I... If I put something there and I walk away and come back later, will it be exactly there in that position? Right. Uh, no, it actually will not. I mean, there's things that you can do for that, but the mixed reality takes that a step further and adds persistence to that world. So if I go through any room in the house and I put holograms in different points, like things on the wall and everything, come back later, it's still there. Mm -hmm. So it's That's a little cool. bit. Yeah. Did, did you give a, a talk, a, 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 like present a salon during the conclave no i didn't because during that time uh i was in the middle or just i guess wrapping up the original black house project right. which was the little kind of models the Hold on, let me show models. people that yes we're here so that's, yeah, that's that. it. exactly so that one there is actually the first edition model there is a secret zero edition which uh, magus uh, gilmore has in his lovely house um and that one has a little, like the order of the trapezoid symbol uh, up there in the, the attic space. That oh, you see. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, so that was edition zero. Uh, but this was the first one. And there were, I, I can't remember how many uh, there were of those, but I only have four of those left. And I've kind of reserved those as rewards for uh, the Black House project at a higher level. Well, we'll get into that in here just a minute. I wanted to just show that. Um, so what type of uh, real world, like professional applications have you used? Have you seen all the work that you were doing behind, you know, super secret behind the scenes with Microsoft come to fruition in different apps and stuff? Uh, yes, I did. Um, but not till I moved to London. So oh, some years back. Three years ago, I moved to London and I joined a team there. And we created a lot of like a prototype mm -hmm. uh, apps for different companies. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I was able to see those come into fruition uh, through those companies. 
and it was pretty pretty cool. Like some of the things I can't speak about, unfortunately, because they're still right, right, confidential. But there are some things that I can. So uh, I think um, I'm trying to think if I can actually say. <laughs> oh, let's see. Uh, Guys, gonna I, be busting so, down your door. So, yeah, I worked on uh, one for. Uh, Mercedes Benz. So they, they did a prototype which you can do like a maintenance on a like an E class Mercedes brake system. Oh, wow. uh, so yeah, that was that was really cool. And, and uh, basically, you put on the hollow lens and it would, let's say you don't know how to change it, it highlights the tire and you go over to the real tire on the car and then it tells you how to remove it. Like, turn, you know, huh. this bolt first and you yeah. put like fork wrench up to it and remove the bolts and it would highlight each of the bolts as you remove it and then you would remove the tire and it tells you how to like change the brake system and all the different things and points to the degrees it was really a lovely little system yeah, uh that's really cool yeah it was really cool and and around that time or a little bit actually before you know virtual reality was really starting to kind of come into its prime with the whole thing with uh uh with lucky and his uh, Oculus system. Mm -hmm. So I was really getting into like the vibe and the Oculus and looking at those technologies and seeing what I can do. And I'm like, wow, okay, VR is now getting there. It's really starting to like come into its own. And so I started thinking about like, what could I do as a personal project that would be really cool? And I started thinking about the Black House project, uh, which, um, yeah, it's, should I? Should I say further or should I wait? Uh, I think this is as good a time as any. Yeah, let's <laughs> – wait. well, okay. So I'm interested in inspirations for why the Black House over anything else that you could have done personally. That's a good question. Um, well, to be honest, it's quite selfish uh, originally. So the, the kind of the history of the Black House project uh, really came down to – my books are falling over. I need to hold up my books. I need to get a bookend. Yeah. And so uh, I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to make my own bookend. So what can I do? And I thought, oh, the black house. That would be cool. Put a little house and it would hold up my books and stuff. So the picture you showed earlier with the little black houses, that was originally meant to be a bookend, but did not end up being one. Uh, yeah, that's it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, and in, in the end, I was like, it ended up putting lights in it and everything, and it wasn't really heavy enough to hold up books. And, and so I thought, oh, this is kind of a really fun piece to kind of, in a way, memorialize like the Black House because, you know, it's tore down. It's tore down. Yeah, yeah, it's gone. Uh, and I was like, well, it's cool because that, not the cool that it was tore down, but cool uh, that I could make something to kind of like remember the Black House because it's, kind of like the first headquarters of the Church of Satan. And mm -hmm. so I was like, well, that's kind of a nice thing to kind of remember and have a little little piece that kind of uh, commemorates that. And uh, so, yeah, I, I built that and um, sold a few of those. And then later I was like, you know, it's really hard to make these things well and takes a lot of time. And it's like, wasn't really worth my time to keep building those. And so I've created a digital version that I ended up selling on Shapeways. Uh, it's a much smaller little house. It's not lit up. It doesn't have like the little electronic lights and everything, but it's yeah. 3D printed and it's nice. You know, it's a nice little one. But in the process of doing that, I created a 3D model of it. And uh, that 3D model inspired me and go, you know what? 
with the whole virtual reality and everything I started thinking, I was like, we can make this full scale. I have a beginning of the digital asset. What if I just blow it up larger? Wouldn't it be cool to step inside it? Right. So, Okay, so, I mean, there's... Immediately, we're jumping into, like, how do you get the the square footage? How do you get the the artifacts or the markings on the wall? Like, how do you get that insider knowledge? What were the reactions when you started reaching out to people about that? Uh, well, I, you know, the first one was more of a naive approach, which was like, let's see what I can find online. And we've seen pictures of the inside of the black house. We've seen Satanus. Uh, in multiple interviews, uh, Speak of the Devil, a bunch of interviews that all have taken place in the Black House. And the, so I started just scouring through all these images, going through all the video content and going, oh, where's this? Okay, I see the camera panning over here. Oh, okay, that's over there and that's over there. And I started looking at pictures and it started piecing together uh, what I thought you know, was the Black House and how things were kind of laid out relationally. But then there were places like I had no clue where they were like, where are the keyboards? You know, is that a ritual chamber? You know, where's this purple room in relation to, you know, the main ritual chamber? Where's this red room with all the weapons on the wall? Yeah. Uh, you know, where's the den of iniquity? And I, I, I started putting these spaces together, but I didn't know how to fit them together. And at that point, that's when I reached out to uh, Peter and Peggy Gilmore and said, you know what, I'm can you guys maybe help me? Well, actually, I reached out to uh, Magister Nemo first well, because uh, we're friends and he doesn't live too far away. And so I just kind of uh, pinged him and said, oh, hey, do you, you've been there before. Can you remember? Can you tell me? And he's like, oh, I'm really the wrong person to ask. You should ask up here and Peggy and Blanche. And so that's I started going down that path. And for the, uh, uh, the, the conclave, the one in D.C., uh, I spoke, I sat down with Blanche quite a while and showed her what I've put together so far. And she was very gracious and took her time to, I think, a good hour or so just sitting there going through, you know, this isn't right. This room's over here. This is over here. And that's over there. And slowly we start putting it together. And then she also sent me an email with a layout of the main ritual chamber, including measurements. Oh, shit. Yeah, which I was like, this is gold. And I was able to, from those measurements, get a lot of the size of the house kind of going in place. And then also doing a little bit of math and stuff and figuring out, now that I knew where the rooms were, I could look at the pictures and I could figure out distances and how big the walls are, were in relation to certain objects that I knew the size of. Yeah. Uh, so it was like a really long process to go through this. Uh, and so, yeah, I slowly started piecing together kind of like a floor plan. That's great. Um, yeah, it, it's, it was a long, long and, and crazy process. And one of the things you don't really think about is like, how do these spaces change over time? Mm -hmm. uh, like the like the main ritual chamber has, you know, you see it in Satanus, but that was set up for the Black Mass, right? Mm -hmm. uh, then it's different in one of his interviews. It's different in the pictures uh, like in the, the book, um, now I can't think of the name, uh, California Infernal. Oh, right. Yeah, they have all these wonderful pictures. So it was like a treasure trove of images for myself uh, that I was able to go through. And in, in that, 
things are moved around. So things keep moving around all the time. So that was so frustrating. It's like, okay, in this shot, it's everything's this way. In this shot, you know, he's got this, you know, he's got his little potty chair like over by the fireplace, but now it's like across from the fireplace. And now it's like in a different room completely. It's in the purple room or that's the room I call it. It's yeah. like the sitting room with the, that had the fireplace with the little opening like trap door. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. And I guess in the process, I just really started just really getting into it because it was really fascinating to learn all these things. Like, mm. for example, this is kind of a fun little example that Blanche was telling me. She goes, well, okay, so there's that little, uh, let's see, I should pull up a picture of it, but there's the little fireplace where it opens up and you can see LeVay like opening his like yeah. cape and looking out. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you know. Well, behind that, there's a ladder, and the ladder goes down to the den of iniquity. Oh, uh, shit. It also goes up, and it goes up to a room called Uncle Ener's room, uh, which is uh, kind of neat because it had this little shelf in the room kind of high up, and it opens up at the top, and you can peek down on your unsuspecting guests <laughs> and, and look down to see what they're up to. Yeah. Uh, so it was like, oh. I never knew that. That's so cool. Uh, so, you know, I really got into like learning all these little tidbits about it. And the more I learned about it, I'm just like, oh, I've got to do this. This will be such a cool project to put together. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, why, why recreate this in virtual reality versus say digitally recreating it in, you know, pictures or something like what was that? Right. So I think that really comes down to presence and immersion. Uh, it's one thing to recreate it digitally and look at it in your computer and you're like, okay, you know, that's cool. Yeah, there is that and that. But imagine being there. And mm. have you ever tried virtual reality before? I haven't. I've seen it, oh, but I haven't actually. You're missing out on something really extraordinary. But when you put on the headset, it's one thing for somebody to see what you see on a screen, but it's another thing for you to see it through your own eyes with stereo vision. So now you have depth and everything, and suddenly there's a table in front of you, and you just want to reach out and touch it, and you're there. You're in the main ritual chamber, not seeing it through a little window on your screen, but presently there. And kind of having that invocation of the space just it touches you like on a different whole level, like emotional level, psychological level. It's a virtual decompression chamber. Yeah. And then, so it's, it's, it's so hard to explain unless you just try it, but you're still like, wow, this is amazing. I'm there because your brain tricks you to say yeah. you're here. And that object is real in front of you, even though it doesn't look hyper real, you think it's real because you see it three dimensionally. Uh, and so I, I thought, wow, that would be cool. You know, a lot of people have asked me in the past uh, or various people said, oh, you know, cool. You know, you see it even in the uh, like Facebook forums or whatever being like, oh, where's the headquarters? Can I go to the original? <laughs> yeah. Like that. Like, no, no, no. They tore it down a long time ago. And um, so it's not there anymore. And I, and I thought, well, I think it would be really cool to be able to go to the black house see it and experience it for yourself. And being able to see that, I think just adds something more to kind of like, not really so much understanding, but that presence of being in a place in which the church of Satan was originally founded. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, it 
definitely, I think, resonates with you on a different level because you're like, wow, this is the altar in like Satanus. And, you know, there's the Baphomet on the wall and Athemi and like the candles. And then being able to actually go into that space and conduct your own ritual and light candles and take books off of bookshelves or just walk around. You know, it's like going to a museum. This is a virtual museum of our history. Yeah. And so what better way to preserve it? Um, yeah, so that's that's why. And, uh, uh, yeah, uh, go ahead. I want to uh, interject here a little bit. I want to ask uh, some difficult questions if I can. Yeah, that's fine. Because in no way by asking these am I trying to diminish anything. Of course. Um, but I, I, I want to ask because I think the answers could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, never having gone myself, um, mm-hmm. the true majesty of going to uh, or being invited to the Black House is to meet the doctor and, and have that experience of, of connecting with him in his lair. And so the, the location was secondary tangential at best compared to the fucking high priest standing in front of you, you know, poking and prodding in your brain as he's staring at you. Um, and so the impact and um, the wonder of that experience could never be recreated oh. authentically. To tackle the location in and of itself, are you concerned that it could end up being hollow and not carry the weight of the of, of the doctor's lair? Yeah, I love that question, actually. I have thought about that quite a few times. Um, so my goal definitely is not to kind of diminish that because really the layer is what it is because of doctor, the doctor. Uh, Anton LaVey made that his space. It's his decompression chamber. And so it's a projection of himself. And so you, it's definitely not going to be the same, but I, I believe that it allows you to have a taste of LeVay from a different point of view. It's kind of like an artist who does a painting. Uh, it's a projection of his mind and his thoughts and his creativity. And after the artist is gone, he leaves behind something which you can go and appreciate. And that painting projects a certain essence of himself or thought process that he had during that time. So I kind of see it the black house as an extension of LeVay. It's his space. He made it his world. That's his decompression chamber. And being able to go there and kind of capture that uh, a little bit gives you a little bit more insight into the man's psyche from a different point of view, maybe an artistic point of view or the environment in which you live. So it's kind of like to really understand someone, you got to go live in their environment in a way, right? So you know, like uh, like a foreigner who comes to your country, if you go and live in their country or go to their space for a while, then you you'll, you gain more context about uh, who they are as a person. Yeah. And so that's kind of the approach that I see it. Uh, but that's also, uh, which this also brings to mind as well for me, is that 
uh, in this experience that I'm building, I didn't want to put Anton LaVey in there for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, yeah. it's hard to do really well, and I don't think we're quite there yet to do it like justification. Mm-hmm. Um, and B, it's, you know, I don't want to make uh, Anton LaVey move or behave in a way he would not have done so in reality. Yeah, there's a lot uh, wrapped up into that. <laughs> there is. It, it's so deep. It's just like a, it's like this deep hole of problems, and there's like a whole psychology around it as well. Mm-hmm. And just getting him to move right and everything and look right, you know, it's it just cannot be easily done. I will say it that way because yeah. I believe everything is possible with enough with enough uh, resources and money and power and everything else. But uh, for me, it's, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So it's more about seeing the space in which he built, seeing that projection of himself yeah. uh, and trying not to diminish that experience as well. But yeah, my goal here is not to, to allow you to interface with Anton LaVey. It's to say, here's, here's the projection of himself. And which you can enjoy a little slice of history, a museum. It's like going to, you know, uh, to some country and going to a famous person's house who had died long ago and walking around the house. You're like, oh, this is where so-and-so was born, some famous musician or composer. And you can see his piano in the corner. And, you know, it's kind of like being there and having a little bit of taste of that person's life. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think that just adds a little bit more tangibility to uh, your experience with that individual through his works. Right. If that makes sense. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think it does. Um, I think there's, there's... Without steps being taken um, and just presenting it sort of, you know, hands outstretched and, you know, it's a playground go... It is almost like uh, playing in someone's house, you know? I mean, because we, from the outside, when anyone hears about the Church of Satan as an organization, they're like, oh, well, there must be a structure that, that is an official building. And so for those of us who are Satanists and uh, adore the religion and, you know, understand what the Church of Satan actually is, we realize that the Black House was a private residence. It wasn't the organizational headquarters, even though it was operated out of as if it were. Um, right. You know, people live there. Children live there from time to time. Um, it's 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 where he he removed himself to from the greater world when the greater world was prying a little too much, um, exactly. which is what made it so special when someone was invited into that space. So, how are you taking care to um, to honor that? that legacy of it not just being, you know, Thomas Jefferson's farmhouse, but, you know, the, I think the difference... Yeah, you're, you're, you're basically saying, like, how do you not diminish that experience? How can... You want people who go do the experience to appreciate it because they understand Right, what, because they're going to be manipulating the environment. I guess is the yeah. the difference. You don't manipulate a a, a museum or a, or a, you know a home that's being shown as if it were a museum. In this particular case, you could jerk off on the floor, and truly, yeah. it would be on your floor. 
But, you know, and so I'm not saying anyone should ever police anyone's behavior or whatever, but right. did you think about how it could be used by others? Because truly, anyone could record themselves in it doing anything they want and present it to the world. I mean, you could have somebody who hated the Church of Satan. They would go get the app, download it, get on there, take the candle and start lighting the curtains on fire and be like, burn, Church of Satan, burn. <laughs> and you know what? That's fine with me because they bought the experience and 100% of the profits goes to the archive of yep. the Church of Satan. Yeah. So have at it. Do I think it. that's another part too. It will not diminish it because the Church of Satan will just be back there going, ah, yes, well, thank, <laughs> thank you, you for your donation. <laughs> I like that. Just a joke, really on. <laughs> yeah, but I also like the fact what you just led to there is that you you can like take a candle and burn down curtains, right? If if I put it in there that you could do so, yes. So I mean, obviously, I would have to program in that ability right. to do that. You know, I trying to take care of making it as interactive as possible so that you could take a candle, light the fireplace, and stuff like that. You know, would I allow you to light the rug and the curtains and stuff? I don't know. You know, does it really add value to it? You know, yeah. I could probably just not do that. So they can only do so much in the space. So, but I mean, pragmatically as well. I'm not, I'm not deep. I'm not hurting the space because it's a right. virtual environment. It's not the same as this is really Anton LeVay's house and you're really there. And you're not being respectful by scratching, you know, uh, Jack loves Jill on the wall or whatever you want to do in the space. You're not hurting anything. It's a virtual environment. Yeah. It's indestructible. You cannot hurt it. Yeah. You can't do anything to make the to to damage the environment in any way. And it can just be reset with a push of a button, and everything is glistening and beautiful and back in its place. Yeah. And I think that's. That's the real attraction here is that it's an indestructible piece of history uh, by making it virtual. Uh, it does, so, yeah, if somebody walks in and they don't appreciate it, you and I won't know that there's somebody out there not appreciating it. We don't know the guy across the street, what he's doing in that space. And does it really matter? No, it actually doesn't matter because yeah. it's not the space. Yeah. There's nothing sacred about the space itself. It's really meant for those appreciate it so if you go out and you buy it and you download it and you appreciate it and you get enjoyment from it uh, it's a win-win for me because it's like great you know Satanists who appreciate what they're seeing here they they enjoying like seeing the, this projection of Anton LaVey uh, projection as in the things around you not Anton LaVey himself and, uh, uh, and so to me, that's a win if you're enjoying it. And on top of that, it would be a win because the prophets will go to the, the Church of Satan. So, yeah, I don't yeah. care. You know, like you, like I was saying, I don't care if somebody is out there desecrating the virtual environment. <laughs> yeah. They can desecrate all they want. It won't hurt a thing. Plus, they're getting joy out of it, so fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If they enjoy it, then have at it. It doesn't yeah. hurt us at all. Uh, I do like what the ringmaster says. It's basically a digital version of Graceland. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, kind of <laughs> is. <laughs> kind of is. But I think this is a good segue, though, because that's a lot of work to recreate the entire black house literally from the inside out. Uh, 
and so you know what do you, what do you have in place in order to see that come to life and let me give a quick uh thank you to uh the dash dash <laughs> in the chat uh for that i appreciate it man um so let's talk about uh you know the the work that's going to take to get to get it to come to realization yes uh that's a very good question so um uh, as you know i have an indiegogo site set up uh called black house dr um let me show the video while you're talking about this yeah let's do that actually we can, i'll just shut up and let them watch it Oh, you can, I think it'd be a little bit better if you just narrate over it and they can just look at the vision. Okay, so, yeah, right here, you know, I'm trying to just be a little bit dramatic. So I'm taking the candle and slowly going to the fireplace because I don't think people realize right away, like, hey, I'm in Anton LaVey's chamber virtually. Uh, it is kind of funny. It's a bit dark in here. And when you're wearing the headset, it's not that dark. It's a lot lighter than it actually shows up on the video. Well, as soon as you start lighting the candles, it, it also, like... You know, lines yeah, up a little bit. Yeah, it lights up a little bit. But then I, I'm like, okay, let's get rid of that light. And now it's really dark. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I like that, though. Like, that's. It is quite dramatic, but yeah. it feels so much cooler. Like, when you were there uh, in virtual reality and you've got your head, it feels so much cooler. It feels like you're really in a ritual chamber because the candle lights, I can, you can't really tell here too much, but they are flickering mm -hmm. and you've got a little bit of pulsation of that light. You can see the shininess off of like the uh, the dagger when you're holding it up. Oh, that's awesome. You get that glimpse of the skull and just behind you get a little bit of glimpse of uh, one of the, the canopic jar that he had on his uh, uh, fireplace and the bell as well. So you can see I pick it up and I ring it and then I go right into like the incantation, uh, uh, you know, with a little bit of dramatic flair going yeah. you know, the music and everything just perfectly timed in the background. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I well, first of all, I think this. I was concerned when I just saw the model itself because I didn't. It didn't feel like it was tangibly real. You know, again, I'm looking at images. I'm not immersed in the actual VR right. program itself, so it's going to be different. But as soon as I watch this video, and the light is going to be a little bit different because we have the brightness of our screens that's drowning out the darkness of the actual okay. video itself. So I do highly recommend everyone check out the video and we're going to tell them here in just a second where they can see the original one uh, for that uh, itself. But it felt so much better and more alive when I watched that video and you had the darkness around you. Like, I was just like, I'm sold. This is really, this is gorgeous. It was just amazing. Um, so you started uh, a campaign. Do you want to talk about that? Uh, yes. So, yeah, I started the, so what brought me to this originally is, you know, I started really working on this back during the, uh, the conclave initially, and then really started getting into the DC thing and having a little bit of a exterior bits of the model. Um, and as I got through it, I'm like, yeah, you know, I could do this. I can handle it. And I started going through the process and it's, it's mostly just the artwork. The artwork was a lot. It was a lot of measuring, uh, especially just for the space itself. A lot of measuring like walls and door doorways and stuff and going okay and then looking up like building materials for that time like okay what was the standard door width uh etc and it was just so much work they couldn't spend a lot of time actually just doing the programming part which is what i do i'm a software engineer 
um, and kind of 3D art is just kind of like a hobby on the side. I'm just like, on top of that, I'm super busy. You know, my work is keeping me busy. They're having me travel all over the place. And eventually it was just like maybe an hour or two here, like on the weekend and stuff. And it just wasn't coming together quick enough that I wanted it to. And I felt like at this point, VR is really starting to come into its own. More people are at least aware of it or have uh, tried it at some level. Mm-hmm. And I, you know what? Let's really get this moving. I'm going to start a campaign, and I'm going to use that money to help hire artists to help me build this experience. And I'm not getting paid in this experience at all. I'm donating my time because I want to see this happen, and I need to make it as cheap as possible to produce this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because uh, to build the experience that I'm talking about. Uh, just the main ritual chamber, if we were a professional shop and we made that like to its full extent, you know, you'd probably spend easily, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars to build it. I'm saying I'm going to build it for like less than $19,000 because uh, all I'm doing is paying artists that I know and I trust to build these assets for me and I will build the environment and write all the code. And so it's a lot of time on my part to to build this and i'm not doing it for profit as i mentioned all the profits will be given to the church of satan uh and so yeah that's that's kind of like what what inspired me to kind of go down that path uh and do a campaign uh but it's proving to be quite difficult and i think mostly that is due to the fact that a lot of people still don't fully understand VR, have never really experienced. They're worried like, you know, if if I donate this thing, then what do I get out of it? I don't have a VR headset. I don't know how that stuff works. But you can still look at it on your computer. You can go through it like in first person mode. Uh, I would like to make a cell phone version as well so that you can use like really cheap Google Cardboard, which won't be the same experience at all as being able to actually reach out and grab things and walk around in the space. Um, but I wanted to make it as accessible as possible. Right. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a little bit of an uphill battle, but I thought I'd give it a try. And even if the campaign, so if the campaign doesn't reach enough where I feel like I can pay artists to get, get us far enough, uh, to build a reasonable experience. So the first experience is the main ritual chamber, mm-hmm. not the entire house. So you would be pretty much limited originally to just the main ritual chamber. Um, and then if, yep, there you go. That's the picture of the exterior uh, of the house uh, with some of the rooms turned on. You can kind of see it the depth on the right mm-hmm. side goes down. Uh, but yeah, that's, that, that was originally the model. You can see on the left, like if you went to Shapeways and you printed out my little 3D model and ordered it, it would look just like that uh, because Incredible. it's exactly, it's essentially the same 3D asset uh, that I used for that model. Wow. So I'm using that in VR. But yeah. as I was saying, even if the project doesn't quite make it to its milestone, uh, technically with Indiegogo, you can still keep the money, but I think if I don't reach enough where I feel like I could pay artists to get us to that point, I would just refund all the money back to those people who did it, and then I'll just keep piecemeal working on it as time goes by. And maybe try again in a few more years when VR is really starting to uh, be more widespread use. Because right. it's still, 
it's still young, you know. A lot of people yeah. still know about it. Uh, a lot of people don't have VR headsets. Right now, it's just like uh, uh, more like enthusiasts or, or gamers who are curious about the technology, you know. It's, but I, I don't know. I think at some point, it'll be just like a video game system in everybody's house. You know, most people have some kind of like console or PC. Yeah. I think in the future and not too far future, that'll be the same with, with uh, VR. At least that's that's what I'm hoping because it's an amazing tool. Uh, it definitely seems like it's it's where things are going. I, I think ultimately you, the platform just needs big name developers to be willing to put out a lot of money into a project that's just not going to return a lot initially. And you see people like Disney with um, the Darth Vader uh, series that's being released right now that is getting wild critical acclaim for yep. just the experience in and of itself. And because it's, you know, it's, it's a plot. I'm sorry. It's, a, um, uh, it's, it's Star Wars, so people want to be involved in it that love that yes. um, that brand. So it it just I think uh, that's been to date the biggest barrier is that you don't already have the equipment. There's not a lot of developers doing really engaging content, and it's all kind of wireframey that you know package stuff that that people experience with it initially until you do have those big developers but now that we do have right. game studios um like lucas arts putting the darth vader series out and you do have these sort of pop-up experiences um that are like sort of virtual environments that people can can experience that's kind of where it's gonna go and i think you're right people will end up just having you know whether it's an oculus or whatever platform um they want to use and just kind of seamlessly, you know, go through whatever games. It is just going to be another console in their house. Ultimately, are you? And I understand um, that, you know, you no matter what, this is something that you're willing to explore. So whether or not it can launch now and be realized three days ago, or whether it's something that you know you're going to have to keep working at, you have the drive and, and the desire to see it to fruition. Was there thought um, into, I mean, because if you were working on this back in like, or brainstorming this back in D.C., that was like 2015? So, the, yeah, that was it. What was it? That was, yeah, 2015. Yeah, it was, it was a few years ago, and that was not even on anyone's radar at that time. Yeah. Uh, well, after I moved to London, I stopped working on it completely uh, just because I was pretty much slammed. I was so busy uh, with work and travel and everything else. I just couldn't find the time to put into it until near the end of my time there where I'm like, you know, I really want to pick this up. I really want to get it done. Uh, and uh, yeah, so the past few months, I've really kind of bringing it back but now i've switched jobs to a different vr company and everything so i'm a little bit of a slump right now just between moving and the new job and all that kind of stuff but uh that doesn't mean i'm not going to work on the project it just means i get need to get settled in and then back at it so yeah. whether this project is successful or not uh, i'm still going to work at it because i have a personal investment and a personal interest and seeing this become a reality. Yeah. Uh, 
And if anything, like the information that I accumulate from this can be given back to the Church of Satan, whether or not uh, it ever sees the light of day, at least they'll kind of have that in their archive in a way. Well, I like what Zachary said in the chat room. What happened to individuals supporting underground productions without needing it to be mainstream? And I think that's why he started you. That's why you started the Indiegogo campaign, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, I mean, that, that's the whole point. I think that the, the biggest difficulty is, is that it's a pretty narrow demographic, right? It's not going out there saying, man, I'm going to make a Star Wars game and I'm Lucasfilm. Uh, we just need some money from the people out there. They would probably raise enough money to do that in less than 24 hours. Yeah. I'm talking about millions, not like nineteen thousand yeah. dollars. <laughs> so, you know, well, so it's it, this is a particularly difficult, I think, demographic because it's it's quite narrow, which mm -hmm. we do enjoy. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that makes it really hard. So this is this is a hard thing to do, <laughs> and on well, top of that, it's to make it even worse. It's a narrow demographic, and it's an even narrower like technology, like mm -hmm. people don't have this in their homes as much as. But a lot of people haven't tried it, so yeah. uh, it's really a bit of a stretch. And so for it, this is really me kind of poking to see what are people ready for this? You mm -hmm. know, uh, do people really want this? Uh, I, I think it's it's decidedly more satanic than virtually any other project that I've I've seen a, a funding uh, a platform for for the obvious reason that it is literally a total environment. Like it is, it, not yeah. only are you creating the black house, which is, you know, it's, it's the, the, the founding location of the organization and religion uh, that we're all connected with. But like, this is a platform that allows you to not only experience, you know, the, the founder's home, but you can also utilize it for your own infernal purposes, which is yes. a pretty exciting notion. And not to mention the, the promise of possibility. Once it's done, who's to say that you couldn't have digital assets that you could purchase to customize your own private lair so mm. that you could extrapolate it into so many different places? Uh, artificial human companions. I mean, everything. Like, this, th it is... It is inherently right satanic. What's that? <laughs> I said you've hit it right on the nose. Yeah. I mean, uh, you're you're exactly right, and that that is uh, definitely a part of all of it. And the same thought has occurred to me as well, which is, you know, this is also a way to have your own ritual chamber. Yes, there will be uh, downloadables and little extra bits. And yeah, you could customize the environment. If you wanted to move things around and save it, hmm. you could. You could save the space the way you like it. It doesn't have just to be Anton LaVey's chamber. But, you know, I think really, for me, this is more like a stepping stone towards a new trend of, like, higher-level magic. It's, it's a whole new, like, paradigm, really. Hmm. We're taking technology... And we're taking uh, high-level and low-level magic, and we're moving it together into the future. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the possibilities are just mind-blowing. Like, 
when you get in virtual reality and you can do things like shoot lightning out of your hands or, you know, as you're seeing the names of Satan, they glow before you when you're going Lucifer, Balial, you know, Satan. Lightning crash. Yeah, you can say Leviathan and a lightning bolt comes smashing down and a wave of water goes out as Leviathan breaks through the surface of the ground. I mean, and you... You can try to imagine those things when you're in your intellectual decompression chamber, but being able to see that and the emotional energy that you will build from that would be enormous. So you can imagine uh, how that could be utilized. Yeah. Uh, Lust rituals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lust rituals. Like, Bunch of perverts. Not everybody, not everybody is going to like the who, who's on the altar, right? I mean, most of the time we do a good job with our altars. Uh but, you know, you may not like women. You know, you may like guys. And what really gets your juices flowing is to see, like, a sexy man laying on the top of the altar, right? And you're like, now we're talking, uh, you know? Or maybe you want to, like, a dame who's more voluptuous or one who's skinnier. But the thing is you can adapt it to what you want when you want yeah. on command. And really that was kind of like the whole idea in a way if you think about it by proxy, what Anton LaVey was imagining kind of at a lower level with AHCs, like, um, you know, with with his androids and the den of iniquity and stuff like that. That's, you know, during that time, you don't have VR, you don't have the technology we have now, but he was creating an environment and then imagining in the future like androids, you know, uh, your own kind of slaves to bring out your desire, so to speak, without actually bringing harm to any human. Yeah. Um, and so who's to say that it actually ends up being love robots? It might be like Black Mirror where you put a little like node on your... Have you seen Black Mirror? No, but I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, you'd put a little device on your forehead and then you would go into this virtual world and you could feel things with your hand and taste things and see things. You could imagine like... Is that's maybe you know the next you know uh that that could be fulfilling that, yeah. that the the uh the five-pointed star you know the program with the, with the hcs instead it becomes a virtual ahc uh what 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 i think is so interesting about this is that rather than waiting for uh anyone out there to create something that could be kind of close that we could then customize and use you're actually just going straight to the source saying look i'm a satanist i want to see the black house and i want to experience total environment of my own satanic flair that no one else is going to do so you're doing what literally will never no one else will do it it has to come from a satanist if it's going to be done and this is the only way it's going to be done you have an indiegogo campaign set up can you tell people, um, well, I, there should be a link in the description of the video below everyone's watching right now, but uh, it's right there. <laughs> but uh, Right here. Click on it. Follow yeah, it. But you do have different like levels and stuff, uh, you know, for people who may be less or more uh, capable of, of supporting the project. Yes, that's, that's right. There's a lot of different levels. Uh, most all of the level except for the very bottom one will give you the experience for free um, and 
Uh, and then the very, very bottom one is just kind of like a little bit of like, hey, I don't have much money, but you know, I probably will never have a VR headset, but here, you know, this is this is what I want to give you just to kind of like show, hey, I support this, this is cool. Uh, and so I wanted to allow that, but then, you know, of course, the higher you go up, the more the rewards, it, it's pretty much just stacking. You get everything that you get below and it just goes higher and higher and higher until your names are in the, your name is in the credits of the experience. Uh, you know, you're getting unique virtual items that normally you would have to either purchase or not be able to get at all. It's like your unique experience. Like this is like the founder edition. Oh, very cool. It's this unique item. Nobody else can have it. And if people see you have it, it's like, oh, okay, cool. You're like one of the contributors there. Um, so that's kind of yeah. I, I think this is great. I, I highly recommend everyone go check out that video because it, without two bright screens next to it, you're going to be able to see a whole lot more. Not to mention, well, like... Watch it in the dark. That'll help. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but you also go into detail and... and it's on your PC yeah. or your so, smartphone. Um, it's, it's very fascinating. And I think it's something that... It is literally what the future is going to be. This is... You are creating your is-to-be uh, for the benefit of every single Satanist out there. Uh, so if you are a Satanist and you do appreciate <laughs> pretty basic satanic tenets, why not support a project that's uh, making it come to fruition? Like yeah. literally creating it out of will, sheer will itself. That's pretty goddamn magical if there is anything. So definitely check it out. Uh, man, I... I can't help but think of like all of the implications that we've already, you know, sort of touched on. But the being able to customize your own private chamber, I have a really good. I'm, I'm trying to articulate what I'm saying. I have a really good imagination, so when I do conduct a ritual, I don't, I don't typically have any issues of right. not something being not real enough or anything like that. I mean, I, I pretty much both feet dive in. But if you could like hear the sonic reverberations all around you if you could tactically tactical tactically <laughs> manipulate the environment around you without worry about you know changing your your room if you have to set up your altar or bugging other people in there or it's it's just a total immersion on every sensory level that you may not be able to do otherwise in your right. own space that can be as large or as intimate as you desire it to be. Like, that's fucking fascinating. I mean, if you wanted to pull off some of the same things that you would get in the experience, you know, you'd have to go buy special lighting equipment and, you know, have a nice altar set up and the candles. And I mean, you really don't need all those things, as we all know, mm -hmm. but they definitely having the presence of all those things definitely are tools to help enhance your ability to your emotional like energy that builds up from seeing all those things. I mean, otherwise what's the point of total environments, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I totally, totally agree. I mean, having that make, makes a huge difference. It I, can make a difference. Even if you have great like imagination and everything, like there's nothing like holding up in virtual reality, like a, a dagger and hearing a crackling of lightning, like ripping down yeah. as energy, like, 
pulls into your deck, like He-Man or whatever, you know, I don't, you get the point. I know exactly it's, what you're talking about, yeah. There's something about that. If something, and your smile just goes across your face. Mm -hmm. and people who are enthusiasts of VR know exactly what I'm talking about. That experience of being superhuman or seeing things you normally couldn't see or hearing things you normally wouldn't hear in a real environment, it's just... Uh, hard to explain <laughs> yeah you'd literally be summoning the crown princes of hell which is pretty damn exciting yes pretty pretty damn cool okay I, maybe i mean we've already hit our hour and so we're gonna have to wind this down here but maybe we should close with this uh question here from zachary in the chat room do you think the development of virtual reality is the death of intuitive imagination no i i don't because even even though VR can do a lot, it can't do can't do everything, right? So I don't think it's a lot too much different than uh, making your own real physical ritual chamber the way you you want it and putting in fog machines or lights or whatever you want, right? I mean, yeah. you're creating more experience. It doesn't mean that your creativity is being stifled. Uh, otherwise just go into a room that's blank and imagine it all. Uh, those are tools to enhance your experience, to enhance those creative juices. And I'm definitely not uh, attempting to replace those. And I don't think virtual reality is attempting to replace imagination. It's just making worlds that were once unaccessible more accessible and immersive. Uh, just like you were mentioning like the Star Wars experiences, like now you can go hang out with Vader, but doesn't get rid of that childlike imagination and creativity. Cause you'll walk away from that going, Oh man, it'd be cool. Imagine this, or imagine if you could do yeah, this. Spurs. Even in our conversation right now, like you were, you were talking about, uh, Oh, it would be cool if you could do this and this already your imagination's going. And I think that's the same with VR. I don't think it's, not, you just want more and your creativity can run rampant. So I don't think we're suppressing that in any way. Um, but I could definitely see why there would be concern for that. I mean, see, I don't know. I, I, that's a tricky thing, right? Yeah. Because digital media, like the television and everything else, like kids spending more time on their, you know, phones and stuff like that, instead of going out into the woods and, or going outside and playing with sticks and stones and trying to build little tiny forts or whatever, they're using, they're exercising their imagination. Mm -hmm. But I feel like you you do I, so I I asked the question because I was curious as to what your answer would be. I'd I'd like to address it as well because I don't think it was meant as anything negative or anything like that. It was just an honest question, which I think yeah. is totally fair. Um, but it's the same answer that I would give if my kids said that they were bored. I would say, well, then you're boring. <laughs> Being immersed with whatever tools you have does not stifle imagination. It, 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 they're tools of opportunity to make you imagine bigger and better and clearer and grander. It, it, just as when I was a kid, if I just had a stick in my hand, it was a pistol, it was a sword, it was a lightsaber, it was a telescope, it was anything I wanted to be. But as soon as I got a sword in my hand or I got a telescope in front of my face, it didn't make me less imaginative. It made me actually question and wonder more because now I'm not spending my time think making this into something else. I'm creating something entirely different in my environment around me. Exactly. It spurs it. So if, if, 
if individuals complain that they don't have a healthy sense of imagination or that our world isn't filled with people with good imagination, well, I would just say, welcome to the real world. Most people are boring as fuck and they don't have imagination. And that's what makes those of us who do so goddamn special. Yes, I, I think, yeah, again, you hit it right on the nose. I, that's very well articulated. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> well said. Uh, so, uh, again, thank you so much. I think what you're doing is uh, the devil's work, man. <laughs> I, I, I love that you're doing this because I don't know anyone else who would. And it has a promise of, of further application. So I would highly recommend people... Check it out. If it's something that you can support, fucking support it. It's going to be good. Yes, absolutely. It would be much appreciated. And you know what? The, the quicker this thing gets funded, the sooner this project gets done, the quicker you can have it in your hands. And uh, to all those who have already donated, a big hell Satan to you. Much appreciated. Uh, so, yeah, thank you. Awesome. Uh, thank you for having me on your show. It's It's been a, pleasure. a wonderful conversation to have and uh, well-articulated, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, it, it's been a total pleasure of mine. Thank you all in the chat room for chiming in and uh, adding your own questions and comments because, again, this is what it's all about, having a damn conversation and finding out maybe points of interest that you weren't aware of before. And certainly projects like this that are uh, trying to get off the ground that could use uh, a little bit of scrilla from your pocket that, uh, <laughs> you know, would be going for something better than maybe a cup of coffee. Um, all right. Well, thank you all so much for tuning in. Thank you, uh, Warlock Anki, for doing this and for coming on the show. And until we can speak of the devil again, hail Satan. Hail Satan.